Welcome to the Thundercast. I am your host, Connor Sanders. I'm here in a, as a coronavirus looms over all of us, over all sports, just the world in general. Um, in eSport, I cover Rocket League just canceled their big event for the year. The Rocket League World Championship was set for April. They just canceled that due to concerns with the coronavirus. So weird time right now in and outside of athletics. Um, but I've got some some good SUU stuff to cover for you today here on the Thundercast. Unfortunately, without McKay Pett this week, as he is in Montana with the SUU men's basketball team. Speaking of SUU men's basketball, coming to the tail end of their season now, only two more games left on the schedule. And two very important ones as they travel to Montana State and take on the Bobcats tonight and then have Montana on Saturday. So the way that things look right now in the Big Sky Conference, in terms of standings, um, we're looking at an, a very outside, very slim outside chance that you can claim a bye. Um, but looking unlikely at this point, I'd say. Need a lot of help from Northern Arizona and a lot of help from Montana State not doing very well in order to claim uh, to have a chance at getting that first round by that they've been um, seeking all season. But really, if you finish sixth, it's not too bad of a consolation prize as the University of Idaho is currently in last place. And we saw what the Thunderbirds did to them um, on Saturday. It was a little bit unseemly how badly SUU just destroyed the Idaho Vandals. So not too much concern there, but with the conference tournament on the horizon only a week away now, um, next time this week, we'll, we will most likely know the fate of SUU season, which is a pretty absurd thing. I, it's just how quickly the season has gone, how uh, the things have changed as the season has worn on. Really a narrative around this team coming into this season was we only have two key contributors that we need to replace. We have a slew of new transfers and new talent coming in that should not only replace those guys, but take us to a height higher than what we achieved um, last season. And now... As the season has winded down, as we are reaching its conclusion, SU's pretty much in the exact same spot they found themselves uh, at the end of last season, maybe even in a more difficult situation. But they've got the chance. I mean, you when you play in this kind of environment where there is a conference tournament and literally whoever wins the tournament gets the bid, there's always a chance, right? You can always hold out hope. Um, Andre Adams in the postgame interviews last week against Idaho guaranteed that this team would still win the Big Sky Conference Tournament. Um, Color me skeptical about that, given how they struggled against Eastern Washington last week, and just given how good Montana, Eastern Washington, and Northern Colorado have looked this season. That's not to say SCU has no chance, though. There's a lot of depth on this team that makes them very interesting, and when you go and look at the Big Sky statistics, and in terms of conference-only statistics, SCU's got a pretty good track record um, when you look at things like scoring offense, scoring defense, Right now, the Thunderbirds um, among the top five in scoring offense, fifth in scoring offense, fifth in scoring defense in conference play. Um, in scoring margin, margin, they're fourth. Free throw percentage, they're fifth. Um, you look at the field goal percentage of defense, so basically how well SU has defended their first right now, holding opponents under 40% from the field. Um, and three-point defense as well, only holding opponents to 30% shooting from behind the three-point line. That kind of defense can really... That can spark a run. That can put a team in a situation where they can win every single game. But the issue is, is left you have enough offense to push them over the top. Will they have enough consistent basket acquiring? Will they get enough buckets? And that's become a serious concern. It's something that really 
I wasn't concerned with at the start of the season, but as things have worn on, has become a bit of an issue. You look at players like Cameron Lewton and John Knight III, who are clearly alpha-level dominant scorers who have not been consistent as the season has worn on. I don't know if it's just because there's not a defined guy. There's not like a number one. We know that this team is this player's. That's not really how this team operates. Like you look at Portland State, you know the Holland Woods is their best player by a long shot. You know that if it's late in the shot clock, you know what's going to happen. Holland Woods is going to get the ball. He's going to try and get a look. It's the same thing that we've seen with SU women's basketball with Rebecca Cardenas, who just is the go-to guy. There's no question about it. As good as the rest of her teammates are, you know who who's going to really swing the momentum of the game. Who who will who has the chance of bringing SU back in games where they're down big like they were in Idaho? Um, and I'm still curious to see if SU can establish that or if it's something that SU even feels like is worth establishing. But closing things out here, going to Montana State, it's a huge contest tonight because SU will really, really want to avoid having to play Weber State in the Big Sky Conference Tournament given that they swept them in the regular season thus far. So... When you look at the teams outside of the bye right now, Montana State in sole possession of sixth place at nine and nine. Uh, SU's there at seventh with, at eight and ten. Sacramento State seven and eleven. Excuse me, eight and eleven. Uh, Weber State seven and eleven. So those are the four really big teams outside. Like those bottom two, the two Idaho teams, both really struggled this season. If you can get to the six or seven spot, it's probably just going to be a walkthrough. Honestly, those teams, unless they can pull something. Um, that they haven't really proven for most of the season. You got to favor SUU in either of those matchups. So they need to get to the six or seven spot, and they do have a leg up on Sacramento State right now. But you have to play at Montana on Saturday night. I think they've only lost one game this season on their home court. Um, and it's just so tough to go into Missoula and get the victory. So you kind of just assume that that's probably not going to be a win and it's no disrespect to Montana. It's just Portland State's the only team that's won on their floor. Or actually, no, they, they went to Portland State and lost that game. So all of their losses during Big Sky Conference play have been on the road. So unless SU can somehow make the best team, arguably the best team in the conference, unnervy on their home floor, which is something that they haven't done in 29 games so far this season, um, you got to just kind of assume that that's going to be a loss. So if they can win this game against Montana State, that all but assures them the chance to be in the top six or seven, which would give them a pretty easy road through the first round. And you look at the last two Big Sky Conference tournaments, it's not like SU has been a slouch finishing in the semifinals the last two seasons. They live for these opportunities. They live for the chance to just play basketball, just to go out over the course of a few days, play their best. We'll see how fatigue and things set in because as we mentioned before, no team in the Big Sky Conference history has won the conference tournament without having the first round by. So, interesting thing to complicate, SU not only playing against the opponents that they have, and Montana, um, Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado, are three very formidable opponents that SU has struggled to keep pace with throughout the season. They not only have to compete against those guys, they have to compete against the historical context of no team ever winning after not receiving a first round by in the Big Sky Conference tournament. So, a lot to watch there, a lot to keep track of. I think one of the keys is just is shooting. It really is. I mean, SU, you know they're going to give you a great defensive effort, effort every night. I mean, they, they held Eastern Washington something like 30% from the field. 
Um, but Eastern Washington just forced so many turnovers. SU couldn't really get much going on offense, and it proved costly. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye out for that. I think one opportunity, just because of how the defense has packed themselves in against SUU, is looking for pick-and-pop opportunities with with big players that can spread the floor a little bit. Like Dwayne Morgan really hasn't had that game this season. He hasn't had that, like, that peak performance. Like, this is the five-star guy that we've been waiting for. I really think that he's going to be key in getting this team past the rounds that they've they've made so far. If they want to get to the final, they're going to need big performances from him and Andre Adams and Cameron Leach. And, of course, you want to point to the seniors, but these guys are going to have to produce. Andre Adams has to be more versatile in terms of his offensive ability. They have to look for him more. Cameron Leachon cannot become disengaged even for five minutes at a time. They need his, his very best over these last two weeks. And the same thing for the rest of the team. I mean, the scouting report is out. SUU is going to have to try and score in the half court. Teams are going to prevent them from shooting, from getting out in transition, and they're going to dare them to shoot three-pointers. And until SUU can confidently punish opponents for doing that, it's going to be tough sledding. But we're looking at SUU women's basketball. And, and after last night... Had a tough game against the Montana State Bobcats, who extended their winning streak to 14 and shot 75% from the field in the second half. I I don't even understand how a team can do that. 75%, that means three out of every four shots they made found the bottom of the net, and they just put on a clinic against SU. SU didn't even play that poorly. Like Honestly, they put together a decent performance. Didn't look like out of their league or anything. And all of a sudden in the second half, Montana State was just like, hey, by the way, um, we're not going to miss a single shot. Um, every single you mistake you make is going to be punished with an open three-pointer. So thanks for doing your best, I guess. But that clearly looks like the best team in the conference to me. And just the fact that you were willing to compete and really get into those those guys was a pretty fascinating um, a game to watch. But really... They've got their last game of the season tomorrow night, senior day, uh, against, names escaping me, Montana University. Um, senior day for Rebecca Cardenas, Ashley Larson. Um, and it's kind of an emotional a day. I, I think Rebecca Cardenas especially has just given so much to this university's um, progression of women's basketball. Really, she was part of that two-win team that – finished 2-27 and that just looked so, so uh, overmatched. But now, two seasons later, SCU women's basketball has already won um, 16 games this season. I think over the last three years combined, they won 18 games. So with one game left in the regular season and the conference tournament left, if SCU just wins two more games, they will tie their winning total for the last three seasons combined. Talk about an accelerated rebuild. Um, Tracy Sanders has got this team to levels that nobody expected, and she's not even content. After the loss against Montana State, Tracy Sanders was not very cheery. She was frustrated. She thought they had a chance to win that game, and they let it get away. So it's pretty fascinating that they are so committed to this rebuild and really confident about their, where they're headed. 11-3 and three at home this season, 10-9 and nine in conference play. Um, and as I mentioned, senior day on Friday. So that's Rebecca Cardenas. That'll be Ashley Larson. Not really much to play for in terms of seeding. They are locked into the sixth seed. They will have a grudge match with Weber State in the first round of the tournament. So Maddie Eaton will get to take on her sister Liz Graves once again. Um, also, Harley Hansen, who I forgot to mention. So these are three seniors um, for 
women's basketball who have given a lot to this program. I mean, Harley Hansen was the first Snow College transfer to make a big impact here. And that looks like a, f- a future fountain of, of talent for SUU to try and poach from. I know women's, women's volleyball has taken real advantage of using Snow College as a resource. And Harley Hansen's top 10 in the Big Sky in scoring. We know Rebecca Cardenas. We always talk about her um, and leading the conference in uh, points per game and also in steals. But Harley Hansen also has quietly had a very good season. They're just a really good match for each other. Um, Cardenas okay being in the spotlight. Not like a a very eager person to take all the attention, but she's really growing into it. She's starting to flex at the camera and stuff. She'll give funny kind of offhand comments after the games now, really kind of growing into herself as the season's worn on. And Harley's just been doing work on the side, making shots, knocking down um, open looks and contributing a lot. And Ashley Larson finally returning from injury last night is huge for this team because they're serious about competing deep into this conference tournament. Anything other short of the semifinals I think would be a bit of a disappointment. There's a lot of talent on this team. They've shown they can p- compete against everybody in this conference, short of Montana State, because, my goodness, that team was so good. But when you look at the conference standings, I mean, you look at this team that, I think in the in the preseason media poll, they were finished to pick 10th or 9th, and now they're in locked into 6th place. That's huge, huge progress for them. Um, really excited uh, for them to, to begin there during the conference tournament. And I think that Rebecca Cardenas has, has unquestionably earned her spot on the first team of the Big Sky All-Conference team. And anything short of that would be pretty disappointing for her. Um, right now, when you look at the individual leaders, she's no longer the, the, the leader in points per game for conference only play. She's now second behind Kiarika Rashid of NAU, who was also having an unreal season. But overall, Rebecca, Rebecca Cardenas is still the overall leader in points per game. So that's just a really impressive resume. Um, And 17.4 points per game for the season. After I think her first season, she only averaged like six points per game. It's just huge, huge improvement. Tracy Sanders completely unlocked her ability there. And now you look at players who have kind of been on the fringes making contributions or really stepping into their roles. Jess Chapman did a really good job of defending um, Phelan Frije, who is the, the center for Montana State who looks like maybe the player of the year in the conference. It's a really good job defending against her in the first half. Um, and then you look at players like Matt Eaton, Shafano really coming into her own. Love her ability to face up defenders and get to the basket. Um, and she had a couple of late in the shot clock type heroics that I, didn't, I wasn't sure she had in her, but she was able to put the ball on the floor and create. She looks like a very, very exciting and encouraging prospect. I think the state of SU women's basketball is very very exciting it's something that um the fans in cedar city will will definitely want to get behind soon and looking at their chances in the conference tournament i mean you're gonna pick up a a win against weaver most likely and then you'll see what happens from there but a really exciting time for them and even looking at their stats as well that they don't have a lot of the robust defensive stats that su men's basketball has really defined themselves by this season but the offense has been good. They've been in the top five scoring offense for most of the season. Uh, they force a lot of turnovers, and they can get to the line with a lot of consistency. This is a dangerous team. If I was one of the top teams in the Big Sky Conference, if I was Idaho, Idaho State, Montana, Northern Arizona, I would have one eye on SCU because they have competed against each one of these teams, almost getting a comeback win in Moscow, having competed tooth and nail against Idaho State twice this season. 
Um, and then Montana, we'll see what they can do against them on Friday night. NAU, they got to win um, in Cedar City against them as well. So if I'm SUU women's basketball, I'm feeling super confident going into this week. We'll see if they can shoot the ball well, continue to defend well. One of the, the problem areas that they've had has been defending the post. But getting Ashley Larson back hopefully will shore up that um, little weakness and ability there. But we'll see how that plays out. Something really interesting to keep an eye on. Um, women's gymnastics really looking strong over the last few meets headed to Boise, Idaho um, as they prepare for their regional conference tournament as well. Um, they had senior night already, already experiencing a lot of success this season. We'll see if they can build on that as things were on. Men's basketball, as we mentioned, at Montana State and at Montana. Men's golf also really getting into the swing of their season at the Jackrabbit Invitational. Women's tennis headed to Eastern Washington. And then uh, women's volleyball also got a tournament at Dixie State this weekend. And women's soccer as well going to play some at Dixie State to try and get ready for their fall season. Uh, softball going to be in Riverside, California for uh, the Highlander Classic. A good chance for them to get some experience there. And then on Sunday, they will close out, and then men's tennis will be at UNLV. So a lot of these, I mean, we talk about the big sports in the revenue sports, quote-unquote, basketball and football, always going to take priority. Um, men's basketball coming to their season's end, but looking at tennis, softball, soccer, gymnastics, really important. Gymnastics especially growing um, not growing, but just having such a big presence on this campus in this community. Uh, you always got to cheer for them and watch out for the things that Coach Scotty Bauman's putting together. But I wanted to take a look at SUU softball. Um, I should mention that SUU softball has added a new coach in Don Don Williams before this season. Uh, I wrote a big feature on Don Don and her experience uh, in 22 years at North Idaho College where she built the community college's softball program literally from the ground up when she got there all they had at the program was two buckets of balls and two bats she took that program built it into a junior college powerhouse um, eventually leading the team to 50 wins in a season and they get she gets this chance to take over division one university that has really struggled in recent years they won six games i believe last season um and this is just a new era under coach don don williams and it's a pretty good start to the era for her team, if you look at the their schedule so far this season, already at picking up two important wins over Power Five opponents. I mean, they're two and twelve right now. They've been playing against a lot of teams, kind of punching above their weight class. This game or this uh, tournament this weekend at the Highlander Classic is a really good chance for them to prove themselves against a couple of the, the California Bakersfield, Cal Baptist types, um, and Cal Riverside that you know, they're about at our level, maybe just a little bit above. But they've won. Uh, at the Sun Devil Classic, they beat Wisconsin, who they fell to earlier on in that week. They lost 15-2 to to them on Friday, and then on Sunday when they played them again, they won 2-0. So softball's got some talented pieces. You look at players like McCall Wetton, who has had a very strong start to her season. Also, Brooke Brown, transfer from Snow College, another Snow College player making an impact here. She's hitting 455 to start this season, and Paige Reynolds, a solid community college transfer, also starting out very well. Uh, also, Corinne Coddington, who picked up the win against Wisconsin and also picked up the win in the big game against Oregon State earlier this season. She's had a very start, strong start to the season on the mound. Last season, the big issue for softball was its pitching. Couldn't really get anything going 
uh, on the mound, just giving up too many runs too consistently. And even in the offense was pretty good. I think they finished sixth in batting average in the conference. Not too bad. It's just they had problems supporting the runs with good pitching and good defense. And I think that that's something Donald Williams has clearly prioritized. She's also clearly prioritized adding transfers. Coddington is also a transfer, I believe, from Community College in Arizona. So really bolstering the talent around that program here. And then they've got their first home game coming up at the end of the month against Northern Colorado on March 20th. So as basketball winds down, something to keep an eye on this season uh, for SU softball as they look to build something toward the future. I think that getting Don Don Williams is a great, great hire um, by Debbie Corman, the athletic department, as they're also bringing back some talented players. Dream Weaver, the Cedar High native, uh, had a huge season last year. I think she batted 372, finished fourth in the conference in batting average as a freshman. That's a huge piece to build off of. Um, they do lose Kendall Kapitske, who's a pretty big part of what they've done over the last few years, but they're adding players like like Mikel Wetton, um, Samantha Guerra returning, Hannah Pace, or Hannah Williams, excuse me, Mackenzie and Skylar Ball also starting the season strong. And then adding Paige Reynolds and Dana Hawkinson is really a great way for this team to improve quickly. Obviously, Don Don's eye is on the future. She's trying to build something long-term here, but so far she's She's seen some success in the early going against opponents that, let's just say, are, are have more resources than what she's had so far at her time, uh, or what the school has had so far in terms of softball, just really trying to get back on track, um, encouraged by what we've seen in the early going. Uh, also in the news for SU Athletics, SU Soccer announced yesterday that their camp dates um, will be this month, March 14th, they'll hold a camp in Salt Lake City. Um, a junior T-Birds camp also in April, and then they will be at the College ID camp on June 27th. So Coach Kai Edwards newly announced. I mean, he was announced back in December. He's been uh, a part of things for a little while now, trying to build toward the future. SU Soccer really struggled last season, only winning one game. Um, now they have a chance to to try and rebuild. They're literally starting anew, and Kai Edwards uh, obviously prioritizing finding and uh, promoting and, and progressing talent um, from every aspect that he can. Uh, so good thing to watch out for there as SU Soccer tries to build toward their end of season or ex- before, toward their fall season. They have to replace Mackenzie Lawrence, who won the golden boot in the big sky despite SU, be, I think, finishing last place in goals per game in the big sky. So that's a pretty big player to have to replace. And then... We'll see how Kai Edwards can able to, is able to handle it. He seems like a very well-equipped, someone that's been in, in soccer for a very long time, um, passionate individual who can hopefully bring in some new talent to start getting some goal scoring going because that's really what the priority has to be. Defense was solid last season. It's not like they were bad. Bella Whitmore did a very good job uh, between the sticks. Set a single season or a single game record for saves in the last game of the season. There's some pieces worth considering. There's some pieces to build around for soccer as well so we'll see how those things work out it's important to keep an eye on and also football spring practice right around the corner as well still no announcements in terms of defensive coordinator it look it's looking it's looking like Demario warren's going to take over that duty once again with matt wade as the offensive coordinator last time that a situation like this happened really struggled that was a one in ten season last time demo was the defensive coordinator was when su finished one in ten so Got to express confidence in him. He's a Big Sky Conference champion. 
don't want to say that he's not well equipped enough to do it, but it's something to consider. I mean, he, you want as much help as you can get. The defense improved a little bit last season with Brandon Fisher at the helm, and we'll see if they can try and continue things. And we'll see as well. And really interesting thing to watch for is the quarterback battle in spring practice as Tyler Skidmore, Justin Miller try and compete for that starting job. It's going to be an important element of the offense moving forward because they're kind of different players, both with good arms, uh, good awareness, but neither really having proven themselves at the Division One level. And Justin Miller also a Snow College can, uh, transfer. So interesting to watch that. Uh, we'd like to welcome a new guest to the show, Alex Greenwell, the news editor for SUU uh, News. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm, I'm a little frustrated by the sudden heat. Yes. It's nice that it's warm outside, but I wore a hoodie today. Exactly. Assuming it was going to be cold, and then Utah went and turned it up to 65 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, later this week in St. George, is supposed to be 80, which I'm excited about, but I don't know. I kind of like the snow. I like the colder weather. I just feel like for the sake of our climate, <laughs> it should be cold longer. It's yeah. suspiciously warm for, for the time of year we're experiencing. Yeah. But um, Alex, I brought you on today for our power ranking segment done a lot of good power ranking in the last few weeks we've done top five restaurants at cedar city we've done tv shows um now today we're discussing our top five artists alex you are a big music fan i am give me just a broad flavor of the kind of music you're into um so i like i like trying a lot of different music like i'll listen to country i'll listen to pop i'll listen to alternative rock but i i think the two biggest genres that i really love are alternative rock and r&b those are the two um, genres that I think I'm most comfortable with and I enjoy the most. And so I'd have to say those two. Yeah, okay. That's a that's a good start. I think I'm a, a very diverse music listener. Like, I just love a lot of different music. I, I fall into rap a lot, though, because this is really dorky, but I love poetry and I love hip-hop. It's just, I think, a very... Uh, unique way of expressing those lyrical thoughts um and it's just good man i just love it all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with my top five i'm gonna i wonder what you'll have to say about it or or how many artists we'll have in common or if we'll even recognize who each other's talking about (laughs) but um number five not in the hip-hop realm but still a very great artist i've got lily allen Hmm. i've heard that name before but i don't think i listen to her regularly so Lily Allen is a, a UK artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her, I don't know what her latest album is called, but um, she made that song, F You, I'm sure you've heard yes. all over the place. <laughs> uh, that's just, a, that's a legendary song. But I love Lily for her, her lyrics are very like real, down to earth, like, hey, being a mom is kind of hard and being a woman in this world is kind of hard. And also you guys should stop being so addicted to drugs. It'll make you li- really sad. Uh, I've got three recommendations for you for Lily Allen. If you're if you're if you want to yes. get into Lily, you want to get into a little bit of some pop. Um, her entire album, "It's Not Me, It's You," is just so good. You, I love that album. Um, and then the song from All Right Still, it's called "Everything Is Just Wonderful." It's just so good. It's one of those songs I go to very consistently when I'm. It's just that kind of song. It's like, hey, I'm in this mood. I'm not feeling so great. I'm going to check out some Lily Allen. She's going to sure. make me feel better about it, you know? Some Sad Boy Hours music. There's definitely major Sad Boy energy in some <laughs> Lily Allen music. But there's also some good dance. It's just, I'm, a, I'm an album listener. Are you a playlist listener? Um, It kind of depends. I kind of like, I like going through albums when I find an artist that I really enjoy. Yeah. But then um, if I'm just 
looking through music, I just find playlists that I'm really vibing with and I find whatever artists are on there and then just dive right in, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a binge listener. Like I'll find an artist that I like and listen to them for months at a time, yes. which leads us into number four, who is my, the guy I'm most listening to right now. I'm kind of in that phase with him. His name is Toby Lou. Hmm. Don't know if you've heard of him. I haven't heard of him. He is a Chicago rapper, kind of, he has a lot of like, very boppy music a lot of like really interesting bass lines and uh interesting kind of use of like memes and stuff there's a lot of vine references very cool that he samples okay like the the cash me outside how about that girl yeah she makes a lot of appearances <laughs> in his music a lot of references to the office because his name is toby there's a couple of like those iconic like the line where michael's at the dundies and he says that toby's gonna try and do this and not mess it up like everything else <laughs> in his life makes an appearance um he's only got one album right out right now called live on ice all of the singles are good we talked about artists that are good with singles good with albums he's yes. one of those ones that i feel i like can do both pretty well that's awesome i'll um, have to check him out yes listeners too toby lose my guy number three this is i kind of cheated the rules here because i combined two artists into one <laughs> alex knows my deep love for latin music yes um <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've combined j balvin and bad bunny here very nice they collaborate on pretty much everything anyway they, they really do yeah <laughs> <laughs> all the reggaeton guys just are always working together um oasis they did this like combo album i think it's only 11 songs but it's just banger after banger you don't have to under <laughs> don't even worry about understanding the words if you like k-pop because there's plenty of folk out there that like k-pop that don't true. know korean yeah Give Latin music a chance. Give give the reggaeton the mm -hmm. a chance, you know? Yep. Listen to some reggaeton. Like, put it on there. The instrumentals are amazing. The beats yeah. that they have is just fantastic. And It's also just every song is a bop. You exactly. can't, like, you can't sit still to that music. Really, it's true. It's true. So decolonize your Spotify <laughs> playlist. Get some Latin music in there. Um, number two for me, this is really hard between two and one similar artists that impacted a similar era of my life i feel like if you the, mis the music you most love in high school is what you're gonna like for the rest of your life that's kind of like fair. how yeah. people say that the socks you wear <laughs> in high school are the socks you're gonna wear for the rest of your life i'm a mid-cut crew sock guy now for the rest of my life there you go and i'm also a kendrick lamar guy for the rest of Ooh, my life Ooh, yeah um good kid mad city sophomore year sad boy hours like yes didn't even I don't I didn't even realize like the depth of the lyrics and the depth of his storytelling until after I came home from my mission and listened to Damn, um, <laughs> which that is the name of an album, so not a swear. But <laughs> Kendrick Lamar, that that last album, just if you've listened to, uh, I don't know if you've ever checked out Dissect on Spotify. It's a podcast. No. They do this thing where they break down songs like just moment by moment all, they highlight all of the samples and Very stuff that cool. they use okay fascinating they did one on that album changed my life kendrick lamar worship you and the number one for me childish gambino oh oh my gosh he's amazing he's fantastic like him and kendrick lamar they both uh i just bow down to them yes. honestly if i saw either of them i would just wilt i think i would just yeah. melt into the floor just out of sheer respect but I saw a Childish Gambino show last year in Arizona. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> it was a spiritual experience for me. I don't think I'll ever walk the ground the same again. <laughs> People were crying. It was crazy. Um, that's my top five. Alex, tell me what you thought. That's that's all. Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar and Childish Gambino especially, those are two artists that I really love. Like, Not even just the lyrics that they do, because once yeah. you dive into the lyrics and you actually analyze what they're saying, 
what they're saying is so deep and it's just amazing they're calling out like colonization and gentrification and all these other issues along with making it accessible to all these different people yeah and it's amazing music it really is that's what it boils down to it's just it's really amazing music you can open up your perspectives to so much by just listening it's pretty fascinating yeah all right alex i'm ready for your top five you are (laughs) the expert here hit me with number five okay so number five we're gonna start with um my alternative rock uh band here bad sons yes okay my wife loves bad sons oh they're amazing um my favorite album right here is probably their 2016 album disappear here I just think it's their strongest album okay. that they have, but I have been listening to Mystic Truths, which they, which they released in 2019. Um, they just have a lot of good songs, and their instrumentals are really cool. Um, I got to see them in concert last May, and they're just, like, they energize they energize yeah. the crowd. They have such good energy, and just their music is amazing. I love them. Bad Sons is one of those bands that you can, like, actively listen to and also have playing in the background. Yes. Which, they're not... It's not as easy as you might think. No. There's some music you really need to pay attention to and some you can just kind of have playing. And I have listened to a little bit of Bad Sons and they've kind of got that quality yeah. you can do both with. They have a good balance. That's true, yeah. All right, and Alex. then number four right now, um, I'm not their biggest fan, but right now their latest album has really been hitting home, Tame Impala, okay. um, The Slow Rush, their 2020 album. My favorite songs currently are Breathe Deeper and One More Hour. I'm really liking those right now. Uh, they just... I remember there was this girl in high school and she was just obsessed with Tame Impala. And so I just started listening to them after that. And they just, they have really deep lyrics and they have really yeah. interesting instrumentals. And so they're, they're one of my top five right now. They're number four. Oh, definitely. Tame Impala is like the cool band Honestly. for show. The, le- the less I know, the better was a key component of the dance floor at my wedding. That song is fantastic. I love Tame Impala. It's a great choice. Good. Good. Um, and then we're going to switch it up a little bit. So okay. um, my next favorite artist, I'm so excited for his next album. It's Amine. Oh, he I just love Amine. I can't he, believe you listen to oh, Amine too. Oh, he's amazing. He's so good. He just released his um, single Shimmy. I think I like it. I think he has um, stronger music on 1.5 and good for you. But I, I do understand why he released it. As his new theme goal. 1.5 is oh. one of my favorite albums. I can't believe that you like that, too. Oh, I, I listen to Reel It In, like, once a day. Yeah, honestly. Cantu, let's go. Great, <laughs> great choice. Alex, you have just earned so much <laughs> respect between me and our listeners. Oh, great good. choice. Oh, thanks. Whew. And then um, number, number two, going back to Alternative Rock here. Okay. This band will always be my number one. Like, it's like you were saying, the bands that you listen to in high school, yep. they're going to be your top music forever. And my top band is always going to be Young the Giant. I love okay. them so much. They're amazing. Um, they don't have a new album out this year. Their most recent album is Mirror Master, which I like. I liked Mirror Master. I think that their strongest album, I'm I'm a big fan of their self-titled album. I really am. Okay. And then uh, when you get into Mind Over Matter, that used to be my least favorite, but now it's kind of bumped up after okay. like listening to it again different time in my life you know and i just think (laughs) i think the songs are amazing i really do um and then moving on probably my number one artist right now i have to say is no name okay yeah of course i know who no name is we both have a chicago rapper yes connection here yes she is amazing she just is so outspoken and just uh 
her music is fantastic. What's I'm sad so tr- is that she's done. I know. That's the thing. Is like she's just performing at Coachella this year, and then yeah. she's finished, and it makes me so sad. Well, I've she's transitioning to like her book club thing, right? Because yes. she feels like her concerts are becoming too white. Gentrified. <laughs> yeah, really. But I I do like her a lot. Her lyrics also, the way she talks about the presence of people or women of color and exactly. experiences that they have, like that's what's really unique about music you can just put yourself in other people's shoes I, I love that pick yeah tell me more about no name why you picked her uh so i i don't know she just i follow her on twitter i listen to her music yeah. i think the first um song that i listened to was ace from her room 25 album yeah and then just the people that lately the song that has been really um that i've been playing on repeat is a collaboration it's called hagen das between um her and I think Smino and I, I forget Smino. he's so good and I forget who the um, other artist is but that song has just been playing on repeat um, for the last few weeks and she just she's so her lyrics are so clever the beat and the way that she raps is just so interesting and almost hypnotic pretty much because she just yeah. she just goes at it and then at the end you're like wow there you go that she, was amazing yeah she also samples like weird random stuff that yeah. really adds a lot of variety to her music so man i think that's a really solid top five alex Thank that's you. very well constructed so and that's that's going to be the end of the thundercast alex nice. news editor fresh you news what what do you, would you like to plug before we close things here um read the new university journal that just came out this week yep. um go find some new music go find some artists that you might not be familiar with and let us know what you think, and yeah. Yes, and thank you for listening to the Thundercast. Check out Chicago Rappers. It's the way of the future. <laughs> um, and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening.